Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Blackness Fathers for me, Robert. Man, like Mo out here. Yeah, no Peter today. Peter okay. is doing what Peter does. Very special guest today, Miss Simmy. Hello. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> 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 yeah, Simmy, it's been a while, Simmy. Yeah, it has actually. Where you been? I've been here, you know, doing my thing. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um... You know what, let's just get into it today. Let's get into it. I think I'm in hot seat this week. Yes, Time sir. for Sorry Not Sorry. This is our apologetic section where um, one of us will be in the hot seat and we'll be posted questions and we have to defend it. Yes, or sir. try and explain away the question that's being asked. Hmm. So, I'm here today. I'm ready. You ready, yeah? Let's bring the fire. You ready, yeah? That's what the furnace All is right. about. <laughs> so, my question is, yeah? Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot from different Christians from different denominations talking about um, like yoga, um, martial mm. arts and different things like that. And I'm just like, my question is, why are Christians against it? I think that's a broad, that's a broad quote in terms of all Christians are against because I know some Christians that kind of do yoga and all of them things there. But why? What, so I'm talking from an unbelievers perspective. Why are you against it? Like I do a lot of yoga or tai chi or whatever. Like I've heard that if I come to Christianity, I need to to let, let it go. Mm. Why? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I think people's main concern with it is, I think there's two things. Partly its origin hmm. and um, its whole origin of being this practice where you are chanting and um pe- and like not really knowing what what, what these chants are about and who mm. you are chanting to mm. necessarily so like you could like the guy could be saying Hansa, blah, 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 and you're like yeah yeah but you have no idea what <laughs> you no idea what you're saying so i think it's, it's partly it having spiritual roots mm. that are not christian based mm-hmm. and so we try and stay away from those things mm. and um <laughs> Exactly, I think it's to do with again the whole chanting and mm. like the whole thing about like clearing your mind and stuff, yeah. which is um, can be very dangerous because obviously you always want to be thinking about God and about Christ. You know, you know that whole renewing of your mind thing, mm-hmm. and if you clear your mind, like who knows what could come in? Um, hopefully, the Holy Spirit. Hopefully, but if you if you clear your mind, one next spirit can come in and just be doing the madness. So, um, I think those are two reasons why. Um, like when it comes to martial arts, I don't think I've, I, I don't think I've heard anyone have a problem with martial arts. Yeah, like um, like some Christians will almost lean towards like pacifism and like non-violence and stuff like mm. that. And martial arts is almost contrary to that. I think it it depends on how you're using it. Mm. So like as a sport, as a discipline, as a way of, of exercise, I don't think I, I don't think it's a problem. Um, if you're going out to learn it so you can beat pe- pe- people up in the streets and rob them. <laughs> I think that's bigger than the Christian problem. <laughs> I think that's a problem with you in general. Um, but I don't think that as a Christian, that means that, that, that you, shouldn't defend, you shouldn't be allowed to defend yourself. Um, so would you say, if I'm training to be a boxer, that's right or wrong in, in terms of... I'm training to go smash someone's head in, mm. essentially. Yeah. That's, that's, the end, that's the end point of my training. Or I'm doing like Muay Thai or MMA. Like I'm training 
to go smash someone's head in and like, then to get paid from it. Fam, that one's between you and good to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, there are like, things like that where I think it's down to you and your relationship with God. Mm. Because um, someone might even say that if you're a Christian, there are certain roles in films that you shouldn't be doing because mm-hmm. it's unchristian the things that you're doing. Yeah. Like, you might even be, be, be like playing like a demon in a movie. Like, <laughs> is that okay as a Christian? <laughs> like, yeah. But I think, like, things things like that, I think it comes down to, like, personal conviction. Like, some <laughs> big boy Christian and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Just yeah, casually or charmed. <laughs> With God, you love yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think when it comes to those kind of things, it comes down to um, personal conviction. And I don't think there's anything within Christianity where you can put a blanket statement on. Yeah. Apart from like, you know, yeah. Christ died for us and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but even with like personal conviction, there's still an element of um, public accountability. Definitely. And and, and like with, with, with personal conviction, I think that it has to be rooted within the Bible. Mm. So you can't just say, oh, God is okay with me. Um, fornicating. Fornicating. Because that's my personal conviction. <laughs> 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 My personal conviction is that ass. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You about to edit out. <laughs> nope, that's staying right. <laughs> yeah, but I think like personal um, personal conviction has to be rooted within with within the Bible. And I think that's where the accountability comes from because mm. you can say, Oh, I believe this and I believe this because in the Bible it says mm. and obviously people can have done that and taken it out of context. Yeah. But I guess that's where the accountability comes in, in the sense that if you say this comes from the Bible, this is what it says in the Bible, mm. then someone could say, actually, I, don't, I think you misinterpreted it, that's, that scripture. So this is what I think it says, and this is what I think it says. And it leads to good dialogue, and mm. it, it, and hopefully leads to like open your minds and the mm. betterment of people and better grounding in the Bible. Cool. You have to Yeah, I think you move towards, I think you move in the right direction. Um, I definitely think that it's the spirituality that causes people to raise their eyebrows. Um, where it's, it's 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 like you're opening yourself up to so much that you might not necessarily understand, or you might not necessarily yeah you might not necessarily know what you're oh, making yourself available to. Um, so yeah, I think that's from from my understanding anyways that's a predominant um, caution Worry. around it. Um, but I have I have my thoughts around that. But yeah, that's. Neither here nor there. Mm-mm-mm. Cool. Simi Fuego. My question. What's your question? Um, okay. So my question is um, around Jesus' death and resurrection. Mm. I'm not sure if you've had this one, but um, how can Jesus have been dead for three days and three nights if he was crucified on Friday and rose again on Sunday? No, it makes sense because I think people, cause, because I, I, I was reading it and I think people mistake three days for, I'm sure it says that on the third day he rose. I'm, sh- I'm sure it says that. I can I can Google it. No, he said that he'll be in the belly of the earth for three days and three yeah. nights. Because he said, like, I'll give a sign like Jonah. Mm. He was in the belly of the fish for three years oh. and kind of linked it to that. <laughs> Sorry, this this is a trick question because I, I already know the answer, but I, I like it's to good. ask people. It's good. And the thing the thing that makes it even better 
it's that we've we've addressed this and yeah. he was on the episode that we addressed it in, so, it seems, <laughs> so this is very much like how well he's retaining oh, no. information i remember what uh, what you said when, when, when i asked you so what did we say? yeah but it says like in first corinthians 15 4 then he was buried and then he rose on the third day so the first yeah day but sunday would be the second day because he was crucified on Friday, so the first day will be Saturday. Saturday no, but no, no, because be no, because he was buried on the Friday as well. Yeah, so the first day so, will so be Saturday. The first day he was buried was Friday. No, no, that's not how you count, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's you know, how you count. You don't count from one zero to one. It's zero to one. No, like there's a ground floor. That's zero. No, and then the first floor is the one above no. that. Yes. So you go to the first floor, <laughs> and that's you go to the second floor afterwards. Yeah. As in, there's no ground floor, it's just first floor. It depends what kind of house <laughs> you have. <laughs> no. Well, you is a crook. I'll never think about this. <laughs> I'll think about this. So if you say he was buried on the Friday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the scripture says he's supposed to have risen on the third day. Yeah. So I'm asking, there's a discrepancy because Sunday, if he indeed was buried on Friday, Which then the Sunday is day. the second he day. He was buried on the first day. First day. Friday <laughs> on the first day or the Thursday or the the first day, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me, mm-hmm. the third day is the Sunday. How? Because the How first. How is it three days and three nights? He's playing the air guitar. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was buried on Friday afternoon, <laughs> so that's <laughs> the first day. Hey, <laughs> then that means he still would have woken up on nights. Monday. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. Friday into Saturday, Saturday into Sunday, Sunday into Monday. <laughs> Penny drop. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know then. Ooh. I don't know. And it's okay to not know. Yes, yeah, it's okay I, to not I know. I think it is. It is okay to I not think know. it's better to say you don't know yeah. than to... Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> you, always, you, you always try and defend it first. Nope. And then you say nope. you don't know. It's nope. better to say you yeah. don't know. Nope. Uh, let me think about that. Actually, nothing's coming to me. I don't know. Nah. That's yeah. a good question. Nah, you have to try and guess the thing first. Nah. <laughs> All right, Simi, you seem to know the, what the answer is. No, I won't. Nah, you, 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 you no, said that like, confidence, oh, you know. I love the you answer. You said that confidence, you know. The so I just want to ask the answer. No, no, no. Ray, how about you? No, we want you I first. Wanna, I want to hear you guys' opinions first before I say mine. Why? So, like, Mo. Just so she can make sure. You know yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so the the answer that, was it me? It was you. It was me. Okay, so the answer that I gave was that um, it's almost like Christmas. The The calendar days are almost irrelevant mm. in relations to why we're celebrating it. And in terms of now, um, it's almost convenient to match bank holidays and the calendar. Mm. And so they've slotted it somewhere in which they can, it, it, it's convenient to kind of sit in the, um, the work week and stuff, mm. I believe anyways. And so I feel like, yes, it, it was three days and three nights, but the same way that we know that Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December, mm. it was more so in the springtime. That's quite true. Um, the days in which we celebrate it is irrelevant. Um, because it doesn't correlate to the actual days. Um, so yeah, it's more so about the sentiment and the relevance behind it, as in we celebrate Christmas, reminding ourselves that Jesus was born. We're celebrating Easter, in as much as the dates don't correlate, but it's a reminder that Jesus died for us and he rose again, and we are living in what he's done. And so yes, like my, uh, my, salute, my answer would just be, don't pay attention to the days, because yeah, it's wrong. Okay. Okay. 
I see how you're moving there. <laughs> Is right at that, Robert. No, I'm playing. All right, see um, me. So, from my own Bible study, <laughs> the first thing Jeez, I asked I like that. Your Bible study. I like that. <laughs> Come <Bible> on. <laughs> no, from, um, so my first question was, why do people think that Jesus was in fact buried on the Friday? So if you look in the passage, I think it's, it's Matthew or Mark, one of them, it says um, that um, the day after he was buried, that it was the Sabbath. Mm. And obviously we know that the Sabbath was originally Saturday before it was moved to Sunday mm. because of, uh, you know, old Roman, old Roman guys. Um, so everybody, I think, assumed that because it was the Sabbath the next day that Jesus was in fact buried on a Friday. Mm. But if you look in the passage, there are actually two mentions of a Sabbath. And what we've like realized is that the first Sabbath that they were talking about was actually a Sabbath or a day of rest after a celebration. Mm. So if you remember, Jesus was celebrating Passover with the, mm. with the disciples. So the Sabbath oh, that they were talking about was actually the day of rest after that celebration. Mm. If you check again, there's another Sabbath I feel like Peter's on this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. So the other Sabbath, which is the actual Saturday Sabbath, mm. I think is the day um, when um, Mary Did and... You know? I can't remember. Mary and somebody else went to the tomb mm-hmm. and they saw Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. You might have to go deep <laughs> to, to really refresh it. Come on. That was my own yeah okay. study and results. Thank you for that educational lesson, Simi. Hey, Peter, you've been replaced. Don't come back. <laughs> uh, you, you don't come with these Bible study talks. No, G. You just you've come been replaced. with... Do press-ups, do push-ups, do push-ups. You know, like that. <laughs> Why was Jesus born? Do press-ups, you find out. <laughs> <laughs> Where in the Bible does it tell me to do press-ups? <laughs> well, it actually, it, it says, like, bodily exercise is good for Saturn, so I'll give you that one. All right, cool. All right, cool. Well, that was fun. Let's get into today's topic. So, this week... I finally got around to watching that Beyonce Homecoming Netflix thing. Mm. I thought it was two hours long. I was, I was, nah, I'm not on it. Bruv, it is, it's wavy. I'm not on it. And, and like, I feel like as a creative and like a creator, mm. you, you, you can like really appreciate it. Do you know what, yeah? I just don't have two hours spare like that. Then you could just do it in like, in like 20 minutes. That, hours, no, that, don't, that don't come into my, in my, into my vocabulary. If I'm doing something just <clears throat> fully on, like two hours straight. Nah, bro. Cut, break it up. Maybe at work when when like you're supposed to be working. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my just not listening to this. Man, you know sometimes you just have to like take a break. You know. For two hours. <laughs> Fam. Just two hours. <laughs> That's a warm up. <laughs> <laughs> I hope your boss doesn't listen to this podcast. No, they don't. They don't. But I work so hard at work. Shout out to them. Anyway, um, mine does. Really? Sometimes. Jeez. He was the person that dropped me the hookup. Mm. Yeah. So shout I guess it's shout out manager. So, 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 so I guess this isn't the place to talk about how you've been taken from the collection plate and things. <laughs> um, straight, straight. <laughs> Alright, anyway, so yeah, so it was it was just like documenting like Beyonce's process of like from like the conception of the idea of her like um, Coachella um, thing mm-hmm. to like actually creating it, mm-hmm. and um, she was talking about how she was supposed to do it like the year before, mm-hmm. but she couldn't because she got pregnant, and uh, mm-hmm. so she so she had to. Take a stop. Take take a break and have the baby because <laughs> can't be doing Coachella pregnant, especially not not the stuff she ended up doing. And then um, like she was talking about like all the stuff she had to sacrifice to get ready for the show. So like she cut out like carbs and sugars and all of that just so she could 
lose all the weight that she that that she, um, that, that she put on from like, mm. um, having children. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that she was she like had to sacrifice like being being a wife, being a mother, because she was rehearsing for like sixteen hours a day, sort of thing. And um, that and that whole idea of sacrifice was an interesting one to to, mm. one, one to me, um, especially when it comes to to family. Mm. Um, so. Um, yeah, there were, there were like a lot of different angles I, I, I want to hit this from. Mm. Like, so like, like, so like the first one was um, sacrificing family because of work, which I know that's something you can relate to mm-hmm. in a sense that because you work on Sundays at church, that mm-hmm. means that you can't be with your family at church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And that's a sacrifice you've had to made, make because of the job that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that was a, like a sacrifice well um, well made? <laughs> <laughs> so, I know that we've, we've touched on the notion of sacrifice again, but sacrifice really leaves a sour taste in my mouth. The word sacrifice leaves a really sour taste in my mouth. Because it's, um, and one thing that in speaking of when, when Peter was here that he mentioned was that, um, there's always like a human element in that you will feel almost like withdrawal symptoms. And that's, that's almost where the notion of sacrifice kind of comes in. But I really dislike the term sacrifice. And it's predominantly because it's like, especially when it comes to God, because it's, he is worth more than I am leaving or what I'm giving up. And so I'm not sacrificing, I'm gaining more. Okay. But it's recognizing that, yes, there is that. It's almost like, a smoker who's been told you need to stop smoking or you're going to die, which is one plus one. But um, those withdrawal symptoms, you're going you're gonna to you're gonna feel it. And it's, it's going to be a struggle to kind of get over that hurdle. And so you can almost see that as a sacrifice. But your health is worth more than what you're getting via smoking. And so it's not, yes, you can see it as a sacrifice, but what you're gaining is much more than what you're losing you can find other healthier outlets to release your frustration and your stress other than smoking. Um, so, yes, I have had to give up um, fellow worshipping with my families on a Sunday. Um, and the only way that I can say that it is worth it is because I believe that God has put me into that position. Outside of that, it's not worth it. Outside, Because for me, family ranks just underneath God. And so a job or anything is not worth me not fellowshipping with my family on a Sunday. Even if even if it means that even if even, even though the job is what's allowing you to pay the bills I to know, keep it's to not keep worth it. So you could you'd rather not work. I'd, I would rather show my family that they mean more to me than getting paid. Mm. But what if it's something that not that's not necessarily work something that you enjoy like, so like, like a hobby yeah. So if that's the case if it's down to my discretion then I would work around family. So like now, I've got a few hobbies and I just wake up before everybody else in the family and get it done. So by the time my family wakes up, I've already done my stuff so I can be fully present with my family. And then in the evening, I make sure that after I put my daughter to sleep, like I'm fully available to my wife so we can kind of chill, have, watch a film or do whatever. But it's like, it's ensuring that, and this is something that I, God has had to work on me through in terms of this means more, this means a lot to me. But in regards to my family, what means more? 
if family means more than this, then that means this shouldn't encroach in family time. And so if I do value this and I do want to do this, then I need to find time outside of that. And that means I've had to be a bit more disciplined with sleeping to be able to wake up earlier, to get my stuff done, to be able to spend time with the family. And so it's just a cycle of figuring out what your priorities are and what you value and then living a life that reflects that. And so, yeah, that's why I really dislike the term sacrifice because in beyond, I would argue that doing this Coachella thing had more importance to Beyonce than being a mum and Jeez. being a husband. Jeez. Because that's being what a husband you, or a wife. Being a husband <laughs> or being a, uh, being a wife or a, fa- um, a mother. Because that's where you placed your emphasis. Mm. That that had more weight to you than those two things. So in as much as, yes, I sacrificed these things to get made these happen, and I sacrificed eating carbs, not eating carbs and sugar and stuff, but this was the goal that I was working towards, and I value this more than eating carbs and sugar. Knowing that this is going to be there's a finite destination when this would be done and I can go back to these things. So I've, I've put those priorities on the back burner because this has taken more precedence in my life. Mm. And so I wouldn't say it's a sacrifice. I would say this just held, held more relevance to you at that time. So it's like a, it's like a reordering of priorities yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, Simi, I want to yes. ask you. So you don't have any kids that, that we know of. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so the only family you have is your family that you were birthed into, and um, I know that it can be um, a thing for everyone who's got siblings, where mm. or like or like even for like family members in general, where you might have to give things up because of family. Mm-hmm. So like you might have to give up like going out with friends because you need to look after siblings. Mm. Da 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 da. So how do you find? Or like how do you balance living a fulfilling life whilst taking care of family priorities? Or like trying to maintain happiness in the household? Especially being like the, 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 the eldest born in your family. Your uh, eldest born The child. eldest born? Yeah. Fam, fam, you're older than your dad. <laughs> <laughs> What sort of dysfunctional <laughs> family is this? Um, that's a tricky one. So I feel like for most of my life, I've had to put my family first res- with respect to a lot of things. Is so that a bad thing? I wouldn't say it's good or bad. Mm. I just It was just the reality of the situation. Mm. So I have a younger brother. He's 17 years younger than me. So while I was in uni, you can imagine, he was, you know... Baby. baby so i there were lots of times when i would want to hang out with my friends or i'd want to maybe do like i was into a lot of like hobbies and society so i'd want to go to that and um i couldn't because i had to look after my brother um because my mom was working and my sister was in school and it was hard because i just felt like that my like what i wanted to do didn't matter mm. and Obviously, being a firstborn, there's a lot of that expected from you, expected to kind of put your family first no matter what. Whereas my siblings were like, my sister was fine. She could do what she wanted, you know. She was cool. Um, So I would say it was very hard. And (sighs) how do I say this? I feel like it. sometimes I felt quite resentful Mm. that I'd had to substitute my youth for 
I guess becoming a I don't know what the word is but just to make that sacrifice for my family I feel like I sacrificed my youth basically mm. even though I'm still young but <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> that kind of thing for my family okay um and that looking yeah. back on hindsight in, in that hindsight mm. do you feel like it was it was worth it like worth missing out on, on all the things to 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 um Mm, that is that's a question you don't hear every day we're going so deep (laughs) (laughs) come like therapy was it worth it um i guess so i feel like i do remember that there were times when i want to do things and i couldn't but i don't necessarily remember what those things were so i don't feel like at the end of the day it massively impacted the experiences that I had while I was in uni um, and in those younger days. But I do feel like in general, it's it's made me feel, oh, but I could have done all those things when I was younger and I couldn't. And there's something that that's, I guess still still comes up from time to time mm. with my family. And I feel like that they don't appreciate those kind of sacrifices that I made. Mm. And how does mm. that make you feel about that? All right, this is not a CV story. No, 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 I'm, 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 I'm enjoying the flow. Um, yeah, so it's it's hard when, it's hard in any situation when you feel like you've done something for someone and you don't feel like they appreciate, appreciate. what you've done. Feeling really unappreciated. Oh, wow. Taking my love for granted. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's not nice. Uh, uh, uh. How about you, Robert? Because uh, you're the uh, you're the eldest in the household. Eldest right? man in the house. Yeah. Dunno, dunno, dunno. Eldest man in the household. Um, no. So yeah, like, how how do you feel you've had to juggle that responsibility? And as you said, eldest man in the household. Yeah. Mm. So there isn't just that sibling, but there's also that added role, almost like a pseudo role of the man of the household. Mm. Got all the chest there. Anyway, <laughs> 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 on his chin. <laughs> The bid's coming nicely, you know. Slowly but surely, it's coming. <laughs> Bro, you look like a tramp. <laughs> I mean, that, that is the biggest thing. All right, wow. it's going to come. It's going to come. <laughs> I've mocked you like this until it connects. It might take a while. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think with me, I feel like as a kid, you don't really, you, you can't really grasp what it means to have so much responsibility. Mm. Um, like, it, it can be a phrase that's thrown around, oh, you know, you're the man of the house. Mm. But as a child, you've, you've only lived like a few years, so <laughs> you have no idea what, mm. what a man even is. So I think at the beginning, um, there was that resentment and that, that feeling of, ah, again? Mm. I, need to, I, 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 need to put, I need to put something to the side again. Um, and not really understanding the gravity of the situation of the environment that's happening around me mm. um, um, I guess that's why with like a lot of people like like when they have kids they like realize right I like understand what my parents will go through mm. <laughs> so I think like some things um, I've come to understand why they had to be that way mm. and I guess that's taken away some of the annoyance 
because you're kind of seeing a bit more of a bigger picture mm-hmm. and seeing more than just is more than what is just um concerning to you as an individual mm. and because like living a life just for yourself is not what you should do especially as a christian mm. like mm. Y- your needs on what should be the lo- do you want to say the last no I won't, I won't say that i would say that um living the life god wants you to live should be first and then everything else will be added as it says in mm. is it john yeah seek first, the seek first yeah i think it's matthew but I matthew might be mistaken. It's, in, it's in the bible uh, it's in the bible <laughs> it's in the gospel somewhere if it's you read the bible the you know where it is yeah shame <laughs> i should know by that by that merit then i think i think um you touched on something that is relevant to the situation in in a wider context where it's um about the community where it's not living a selfish life but taking this consideration the community but I, I feel as though like yes that's 100 percent true um something we need to keep in mind is almost when jesus says love your neighbor as you love yourself there is still that relevance of loving yourself yeah but mm. loving yourself in a healthy manner loving yourself in a manner that is like it isn't self-indulgent because you you can't then love somebody else in a self-indulgent way yeah. but if you're truly able to love somebody else as you love yourself then it's like everything that you'd wish for somebody else you can generally wish for yourself and what you wish for yourself you can wish for somebody else so it's like wellness like emotional, mental well-being, physical well-being, everything that you might wish for yourself to truly wish that for somebody else, to be as forgiven to yourself as you are to others or to others as you are to yourself. Like there's a real challenge in loving. And I think, as you said, it's like, it's not necessarily, humility isn't thinking any less of yourself, but thinking less, not thinking any less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Mm. Mm-hmm kind of trusting in God that he will take care of you. So it's not like beating yourself down or thinking that you're not worth this free time with your friends. Because if your parents are worth downtime after work, then you're worth downtime after studying. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And from a parent's perspective, if I'm worth, I've worked all day, I'm tired to provide for this house, blah, 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 this and that, I just want to come home and turn on the TV and chill, then they deserve at least 15 minutes after school after doing all of them things, so you just kind of sit down and be. Mm. Like, mm. it should be reciprocated. But obviously, this is an ideal scenario that I'm kind of mentioning. Yeah, We don't live in an ideal. We would like to move towards it, but we don't live in it. And so things don't flesh out the way they should. And, unf- and, 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 unfo- and unfortunately, we suffer as a consequence of life not being in the way that it should be. Mm. But I think that shouldn't deter us from trying to move towards the ideal, even knowing that we will be hurt as we're moving towards it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because one thing that I really picked up on is the sense of resentment from both of you. And it was almost like something you had no choice, something was taken away from you that you didn't feel should have been taken at that time anyways. Mm. And it's like, asking the question um do you think it was good well you ain't got no choice <laughs> there's no alternative no but, I, but I, I i guess asking um if there's good is like kind of uh, it's like almost like asking 
can you see like can you see like the like silver lining mm. in like the storm cloud sort yeah. of thing? Yeah, it's almost like you are the person you are now because of the experiences you've gone through. But as Simi said, there's almost that niggling what if what if I was allowed to go and hang out with my friends? What if I didn't have to carry the the burden of being a man of the house at a young age? What if I didn't have that? What if like everything what if like my mom didn't have to work so, um, so much so I had to take care of my little brother and take on a motherly role when I needed to be mothered? Mm-hmm. What if I didn't have to do these things? And so those what ifs linger. And unfortunately, they follow us into other relationships, into other situations, into other things where it's... And so I see almost as though it wasn't a sacrifice because you didn't have the choice. It was it was a decision hoisted onto you from a young age due to the circumstances. Now, you can choose to go out, but you choosing to go out with me, you're choosing not to come back home. <laughs> 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 it's as simple as that. <laughs> and so, it's, it's a one, especially in an African household, it's a one plus one situation. If you go, don't come back. Or change the locks. Well, then sometimes, what? Well, 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 maybe that's you being the change you want, you want to see. <laughs> that, that, might, that might be the change you want to see. Like one time, I stepped out, and my mom was like, "Don't come back late." I came home at three o'clock. The doors were locked. I slept in my car, mm. and then woke up in the morning after the doors had been opened, and then crawled into my room and then fell asleep. I didn't talk to my mom the whole day because I knew that conversation was not going to be good. <laughs> but that was the decision I made. Okay. Yeah. And I had to live with the consequences. But as I say, it's like in an African household, and I can only speak from an African perspective. I, I can, I think, I can safely say Afro-Caribbean. Um, as a child, you don't really have much of a choice because mm. if you try to exercise choice, it's seen as defiance, mm. Mm. and they don't tolerate defiance. Yep. Bring the belt. You know, like that. <laughs> and, if, and if social services come, say you tripped. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so, so <laughs> you sound like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> okay, I'm flashbacks. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we we don't have that luxury of choice. Mm. We don't have that luxury to say I don't want to do this. I want to do that. Hopefully, when we have our children, we can like learn from these and try and move towards a more um, stable environment where like obviously like we don't know what's going to happen. Marriages break down, blah, 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 God forbid, but marriages break down, all of them stuff there. So we don't necessarily know what's going to happen, but moving towards an ideal where it's not placing too much weight or responsibility on children, allowing them to be children, allowing them to grow, to experience to not grow up having these niggling what ifs, to not grow up and then having like 35-year-olds trying to live through their children mm. or 35-year-olds trying to go out and go raving every five minutes Jeez. when it's like, bro, you got bills to pay. You, you, got, you got a job <laughs> in the morning. You're out here raving till five o'clock, coming home, banging Pro Plus, going into the office, thinking you're going to be productive. Yo, it don't that's a good life right there. <laughs> <laughs> it don't work. It might work for one week. Is that what you do? But when it crashes, yes. yeah. <laughs> oh, I be in ministry every day. <laughs> Okay, so same for you. Um, how do you think you find that balance between not putting that burden on your children, but still, you know, put, putting like a bit of weight on them so that they become like upstanding citizens? I think, I think Africans. 
<laughs> especially <laughs> you know it's all going downhill especially Africans. this this like i would say our parents generation um i feel like they were raised a certain way by from by their parents and mm. i think that they felt that they were not raising us in the same way mm. but there was still a lot that they had to learn mm. that I guess they haven't that we have. Um before you go on with that, do you feel like us as kids are a bit too woke? No, I don't think it's about being woke. I think No, but I I I mean the sense that do we feel like that the old ways are, are not the, good yeah. and these ways are better. Yeah. Um again, I don't think it's it's a matter of being too woke or feeling like everything new is better than everything old. But I think there are fundamental issues with the ways that we were raised. Like I am not a Twitter person, but for some reason I was on Twitter this week and I was following this particular person and a lot of what she says or what she tweets about is talking about other people's experiences of how they grew up in their African households mm. and how they didn't realise until they'd actually left their houses how much their parents like the ways the parents had raised them had affected them, mm. but how the relationships with, the, with their parents were just damaged beyond belief mm. because their parents thought it was okay to, you know, abuse them verbally when they didn't do what they s- they said that they should do or for them to kind of put that kind of, that weight on people when they weren't ready mm-hmm. and, and holding people accountable for things that they should never have been accountable for mm. in the first place. And... I feel like a lot of those things have damaged people to this day. I know a lot of people that are going to therapy or they're having to like speak to counselors and things because mm. of these things that their parents have, I guess, done to them over the years. Mm. And I, f- I don't think that a lot of those things were healthy. And I think now that we've realized that actually, maybe we shouldn't do that to our kids. I think it's good. I think it can be taken too far. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, that it's good for us to have this conversation let's talk to each other let's realize that oh, actually maybe this is the best way to raise a healthy normal child that mm. i can converse with and that will be fine to open up to me mm. as time goes on hey who opens up to the african parents that's the real <laughs> truth that is the real truth like Ooh. like when my mom tries to ask me about oh are you dating anyone i'm like <laughs> you want me to tell you <laughs> sorry <laughs> Bro. Like, you'll get the invitation the same time everybody else will. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so let me flip it. So, what things... Okay, what do you think are some of the good things that African parents have done? I think instilling discipline Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. So, that kind of keeping the house clean, cooking, Mm -hmm. um, church and religion. Mm. I think that's been beaten into a lot of us. So, I don't think I can ever not be a Christian because it's just fundamental to my <laughs> <laughs> to my building blocks. So yeah, I think those would be the major mm. things. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because like my parents are Muslims, mm, and okay. it, it was drummed into me the same way, but I still flipped and almost, <laughs> got, almost got kicked out of the house. But it is what it is. Um, I think for me, the the most the thing that really holds weight is respect for elders. Mm. Where in as much as they have abused it by pushing it to the point of do whatever I say and don't question me, um, sometimes anyways, just the notion of respect and the notion of community is one thing that I really appreciate <coughs> where it's like now you've got kids talking back to their parents and stuff like mm-hmm. that. In what African household? Like that backhand. Bro. 
wherever, wherever. Bro, bro, try to slam in the door. <laughs> you know what? Cause that door will be gut. <laughs> there will be no door. Your mom come. Oh, you're coming into my room, huh? Who's you? <laughs> Who paid for this? Room? <laughs> One of my friends was like, his friend called him, and he was like, he said to his friend, "Ah, oh, come over to my house." His friend, his dad, hung up the, the phone call and said, "This is not your house. I'm just letting you live here. This is not to your house." So he had to call his friend back and say, "You can come to my dad's house." Um, oh my just days. that level of respect, where it's just like, yeah. You you try to treat elders with with a little bit of respect, decency. Like you're sitting on a on the train, you see an elderly person, you you give up your train. Mm. That's something that you don't see a lot nowadays, where people are just so self-absorbed that they're just like, I'm tired. If you wanted to see, you you should have come in earlier. I'm tired. <laughs> should have had a car no, <laughs> on the central line. <laughs> so it's just yeah, just just that level of respect, where it's just in, and common courtesy and and thing. But I think as well, one thing that I appreciate the most is that. The wisdom in elders, mm. um, but I've learned to take of a pinch of salt, knowing that it's not always going to be applicable to me, and knowing that when Africans give you advice, they're actually telling you what to do. They want you to take that as this is what you need to do. So just be like, thank you for your advice. I'll go and think about it. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's that it's the elders. Um, one proverb that really stands out to me is. Um, if you're able to go far, it's only because you're standing on the shoulders of those who've come before you. Mm. And so it's very much like what I can do now is as a culmination of what they have been able to do before me. And so I am now paving the road based on that. And it also it takes the strength of the young and the wisdom of the old to bring about change. Jeez. So those who really resonate with me. So yeah. How about yourself? <coughs> um... Things think, you're grateful for. I think, like within Africa culture, there is this really great sense about giving and sharing. Okay. You guys don't sound okay. <laughs> Amongst your own, I can I can almost agree. Amongst your own. Yeah. I know, but even like the wider community. Uh, some some people will be like, when you go to auntie's house, if she offers you food, do not eat it. <laughs> No, but that's because you're scared that she puts some witchcraft in the food. Maybe in a Ghanaian household. No, that's Nigerian juju right there. <laughs> but yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's that sense of um, almost ironically being being selfless and like giving mm. giving to those in need. Mm. So like 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 growing up and seeing those around me, if someone's in need, if you could, you would. Yeah. Uh, like and other times, even if you couldn't, you still would. Because mm. that's that's just the culture um, I've seen around me. So yeah. that's, that's something that I would hope yeah. to instill in my family, in my children. Hopefully, I wouldn't have to instill in my wife. Knowing <laughs> 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 you. I think I want to touch back on one thing that Simi mentioned in terms of like the generational. So grandparents raising parents in a certain way. And then them not necessarily, them sometimes recognizing that it wasn't the best of ways and not trying to replicate it, but replicating some elements of it. And then kind of, it's almost like a diluted version mm. of the abuse that they, yeah. they received. But it's, um, so when I was in secondary school in Ghana, um, when I got to GSS, which is almost like, um, so would you say high school? Like year seven? No, so, GS, so we had like primary, then you got to JSS, then you got to SSS, and then you went to college, uh, uni. So JSS would almost be like, I was, I came here and I was in like year eight. 
but JSS was almost um, almost like high school. Then SSS was probably English. We don't have high school here, so it will be like almost touching um, year nine, seven, eight. I mean year nine, ten, eleven. Okay. So when you graduate SS, uh, JSS, you will then go to SSS, which would be like college, and then after that, you can then go into a university. Okay. Okay. And SSS was three years, JSS was three years, and uni was however long the th course was. But when we got to JSS 1, which was like the first year, the second years and the third years will just like devour you, get mm -hmm. you to go fetch their water and yep. blah, 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 this and that. And when we were in JSS 1, we couldn't wait to, to move get, up yeah, the notch so to then do it to other people. Yeah. And so it's almost like, that mindset of I've been abused, I can't wait to get into a position of power to then abuse those underneath me. <laughs> and so I'm like, sometimes parents are like, my parents was wicked, so I can't wait until I can do that. But it's, it's like, I heard someone say, um, African parents don't have children, they have slaves. <laughs> so just like, have you know, like that. I need clothes washed. It's my boy, go and wash my clothes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's just that. And it's, I have had to do this from a young age for my parents. So now that I have got children, it's my time to retire and get them to do it. Mm. And there's, there's almost that passing the baton onto the next generation as to now this is your burden. Um, so sometimes it's almost like just continuing the cycle, um, perpetuating it. Um, and that's, unfortunately, that's all they know. So it isn't a case in which like they're doing it intentionally, which they are, but that's, that's all they know. And so they're just perpetuating what they know. Um, but I do think that we, we are living in a generation that is very entitled. Mm. Yep. Um, and we feel as though like everything we say, everything we do should be celebrated, should be cheered, should be applauded, should be awarded, whatever. And that's why I really do like the discipline side of the Africa where it's just like, no, if you do something stupid, you'll get beaten. Simple <laughs> as that. If you do something good, that's the standard. Cause that's yeah, cause you should, that's, that's cause what you should be doing. You should be doing that anyway. So yeah, that's why I do appreciate it and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it's... It's a weird balance, and I think we're still trying to figure out how to be woke, but in a healthy way. Because mm. um, I think, yeah, too many people have got, like, a lot of knowledge, but the wisdom isn't necessarily there to apply it to daily life. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to touch on so that. So, just before we round up, what advice would you give to maybe people who have built up resentment because of past living is this is this a personal no. recommendation so any advice for anyone who's listening so for me i probably wouldn't be the best person to ask since i still harbor quite a lot um i think it's something thanks for your honesty <laughs> it's something you have to bring to god in prayer it's something I've just started to bring because mm. I didn't realize how much it was affecting me until I realized that my, my relationship with my parents is actually non-existent. Mm. So it's something that I realized if I eventually want to have a relationship, I'm going to have to let go. Mm. Otherwise, when they get old I or when I move out, I probably won't see them again. Shakes. <laughs> um, I also think, especially if the way that your parents kind of handled you as you grew up has caused you to kind of harbor negative feelings about yourself. Mm. I think that's something you need to see either a counselor or a therapist about mm. because otherwise it will just eat away at you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my advice. Moses? 
Yeah, um, I agree. I think um, it, it's a weird one. So the way that I, I, I would almost approach it is um, coming from the perspective of all things work for the greater good of those who love God and accord according to his purposes. And it's challenging from a Christian perspective anyway, it's challenging people to submit all of their experiences, everything that they've gone through, like pain, hurts, everything as difficult as it is, submitting it unto God and trusting in him that he can turn, he can give you beauty for your ashes. Mm. He can turn the worst of experiences into something that not only is bringing healing to you, but can bring healing to other people. Trusting in a God who can renew your story um, learning to forgive yourself, learning to forgive those who, who hurt you, um, who broke down the relationships and stuff like that. And it's like, it's th- th- there's a weird thing where sometimes when you go through something, you can blame yourself for having gone through it. But learning to forgive yourself and learning to recognize that you had no power, all that power was kind of taken away from you. So learning to forgive yourself whilst going through that, learning to forgive those who went through it, trusting that vengeance is for the Lord. And so, like, he's going to do his thing. But learning to pray for them, um, praying blessing over them. So I think, because I've been challenged in such ways, and then when I've taken it back to God, he's challenged me from a perspective of um, all things work for the greater good, and I'm using your pains and your hurts to shape you into who I want you to be. And so learning to then surrender that to him and then allowing him to use that very same pain to transform me into someone who can then speak life into somebody else. Um, and so there is that that reality in which you need to take care of yourself in the situation, and you also need to have an eye towards the community, and the community includes those who have hurt you. And so, as Simi said, if it's counseling that you need, if it's like um, someone to walk alongside you, alongside you to pray with you and stuff then definitely seek that out and don't feel self-indulgent or don't feel like you don't deserve it you do deserve it and at the same time as well the same healing and stuff that you're being that's been poured into you be the vessel in which you can it can be poured out through into the lives of others which will include those who have hurt you um but forgiveness to them might not look the way you want it to look so just be open to that um, so yeah, that that would be like the cycle in which God pours into you and pours out through you um, to the lives of those around you. Um, yeah, how about yourself? I think that in these kind of situations, you should use this as a what's the word? As a reason to run back to God, because like for I, I know for quite a few people, like family issues can can be like a reason why they like they like turn away from God. Mm. Saying, "Oh God, if you really love me, you wouldn't allow, allow, allow this to happen." But use this as, as a reason to come back to God, or to you know get to learn about God. Because like the more you learn about God, the more you come to understand that He doesn't allow just anything to happen to you for no reason. Mm. Like there is a reason why you go through what you go through, and there are lessons that you learn and that can be learned from you. Like unlike you were mm. saying, and um, yeah, take it to God and his grace is sufficient um it might the the, the result might not look like what you mm-hmm. were hoping it would look like mm-hmm. but god will resolve it in a way that yeah brings him glory and will better you as a person mm-hmm. so yeah i think one thing i just want to add every time that we have conversations like this i'm always reminded that some experiences can be so horrendous 
like people will be like, I just don't know why God would permit this or how how God can use this and stuff like that. Um, and I don't want our speech to almost trivialize anyone's experiences or sound as though we're trivializing what you've been through. Um, I would I would say the God that we believe in is much bigger than any one experience or any combination of experiences. And our experiences aren't too much for him to make something out of. It isn't like he isn't playing chess where he's waiting for us to make a move and then thinking about what he's going to do, but everything is mapped out in already in his foreknowledge. And so he knows what he's going to do. And you can be rest, you can rest assured that like, yeah, it, it wasn't for nothing. However horrendous it may have been like, he isn't just looking to just let you suffer and then just kind of laugh at it. But there's there's a purpose behind the madness and everything. So yeah, just be rest like just be able to rest assured in that that yeah, God God's got you. Um, yeah. Cool. I think that's a really nice place to round up. Shall we have some <laughs> hookups? Yes, sir. Cool. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Cool. Um, I think for me, my hookup based on today's conversation will be find a hobby <laughs> just do a hobby um like if you're already doing it good luck continue if you're not just find some time that you can have some me time just something for yourself um you don't need to post it on instagram tweet about it you can if you want but this is just something for you to do for yourself to enjoy yourself to enjoy and something healthy something like Productive and healthy. Not drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Fair shout. Cool. So you want to go next? Um, mine is that the Women's World Cup started a few days ago. It's currently happening in France. Um, this is going to sound so ignorant. Is it football? Yes. Okay. There's only one World Cup. I like thought like basketball. Uh, um, that's uh, not a sport. <laughs> 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 wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think they're in the group stages at the moment, something like that. Yeah, so watch it if you can. Have you been watching it? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't had the time. Dum, dum, but dum. now that I am, I'll be home tonight, so I'll watch. Um, yeah, also, actually, the, uni uh, the Nations League finals are today. The finals and the third place match. Is that rugby? That's football. <laughs> Nations League what? We're What's too that? ignorant, guys. You ignorant? <laughs> What's Nation League? It's the, the the matches that England are playing that they lost 3 1 <coughs> in the semi final. I thought that was Euros. Yeah. They call it the Euros. No, it's not the Euros. It's, it's, it's the Euro qualifiers. League. No, qualifiers are something else. Right now, there are four teams mm -hmm. there's Netherlands mm -hmm. and Portugal in the final, mm -hmm. and then there is Switzerland and England in the third place match. So mm. it's like the FA Cup, and the winner gets automatic qualification to the World Cup. Euros. To Euros. There you go. Cool. Well, um, my hookup this week is going to be Beyonce's Homecoming documentary, Netflix. Yes, yes Queen, Queen Slay. Well, <laughs> 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 yeah, it's actually like a really inspiring watch. Um, cause she, she, she went hard. She went hard and um, she created something amazing as a result. Cool. Oh. Shout out to Rude for the intro, outro music. Cameron Turner for the ordinary, amazing logo. <laughs> You can find us at Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> at Twitter at the Finance UK. You can email us at TBS You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash the Blackfoot's Furnish No Apostrophe on all good podcasts websites and apps, including iTunes, Spotify, them things there. 
Relaxes friends with an apostrophe. Um, I think that's everything. Peter won't be back for a while still because he's doing Peter things. Um, Semi, thank you very much for coming down. Sorry, for what's real? my name? Semi. Okay, you said Semi, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> that look. <laughs> Semi. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming down. Um, yeah, I guess this is the Blacksmith's finest signing out. Blow. Hadouken. <laughs>